Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and as usual, we are coming to you around the world from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, on all social media sites, TV. And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Exonation, my first guest tonight is a gentleman we've had the pleasure of having on the show before. His name is Tom T. Moore. Now, Tom is an award-winning author, speaker, and is the entertainment, as in the entertainment business, where for over 38 years he has been president and CEO of his own international motion picture and TV program distribution business based in Plano, Texas. Now, during this time, he has traveled extensively as part of his business duties to international film markets held in Cannes, Milan, Los Angeles, and Budapest. He is the author of five books, The Gentle Way, a self-help guide for those who believe in angels. The Gentle Way 2, the story continues. The Gentle Way 3, Master Your Life, First Contact, Conversations with an ET, and Atlantis and Lemuria, The Lost Countenance Revealed. 
And uh, for more information about Tom and where you can contact him and also get his books, visit his website at www.thegentlewaybook.com. First of all, Tom, welcome back to the Excellent. Great having you with us. And congratulations on being uh, winning the Best Self Author for three years. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Nice to be with you, Rob. Um, tell us, uh, whereabouts uh, are you located, Tom? Are you still in Texas? Yes, Plano, Texas. <laughs> Plano, uh, Texas. Not the greatest name, but it's it's the Spanish word for plains, I believe. And and you know we're in the middle of the COVID nineteen pandemic. How has the pandemic affected you and the other residents of Texas? Well, it's uh, gotten to the point where where everyone is, uh, has to be wearing masks. Yeah. And um, naturally, every time I go out, I request a benevolent outcome mm-hmm. to be guided away from anybody that's ill. And um, so far, so good, knock on wood. And uh, so we basically stay <laughs> self-quarantined most of the time and, and, uh, because there are people out there that, uh, that don't... Um, uh, wish to wear masks. Yeah. I, I uh, flew up to, to Denver uh, a month or so ago mm-hmm. uh, for a uh, TV interview up there, and on the way back, there was a guy sitting next to me in the middle seat, and he wasn't wearing his mask. And I said, uh, w- would you mind putting on your mask? And he said, oh, if it makes you feel better, I will. And I said, it does. <laughs> so there you go. Good. Uh, well, you know, continued health uh, to you and your family and to all the other great people in the state of Texas. And hopefully this yep. pandemic will be petering out sooner than later. Um, I remember talking to, uh, the last time we were on, we talked about the um, contact conversations with an ET. And uh, let me see, also Atlantis and Lemuria. You've had several contacts with ET, if my memory serves me correct. Yes, I am in... A weekly contact mm-hmm. with a member of my soul group right. who happens to be having a life as an ET. Uh, he's an amphibian on a planet called Nomo in the Sirius B star system, and he's actually or- orbiting uh, overhead in a three-mile-wide and 20 stories tall mothership with a crew of 900 and their families mm-hmm. totaling 1,500 because... Uh, many of the crew live their whole lives on this huge ship. And, of course, they're, they are uh, a slight frequency off, so we can't see them and be scared to death. But that's but we have weekly conversations. Now, if my memory serves me correct, uh, your contact is Antura? Yes, exactly. Very good. Now, did the ETs have any idea that planet Earth was going to get struck with COVID-19? Yeah, you know, that's just part of the, the learning mm-hmm. process that that we all have to go through and uh, which we, you know, didn't have to do any of that stuff, but we do. Uh, Tom, what is the history of The Gentle Way, the series of books that you've published and authored? Yes. Um, <laughs> what, is, what is the history? Gosh. Yeah. There, uh, I started uh, requesting benevolent outcomes, mm-hmm. and they worked 
absolutely perfectly uh, within my soul contract. And I started out, you know, really with small requests like a parking space or uh, or drive to work, that kind of stuff. And it just worked perfectly. And and so it's I, I started writing articles about it, and and that grew because people were finding the same thing as they experimented with this modality. It worked perfectly, and I'd never been able to say that for any kind of modality that I'd ever tried, whether it be uh, uh, the law of attraction, mm-hmm. which this this is a hundred times better than than the law of attraction. It's just it's it's just amazing what what we found is, is that when you say something out loud, it has great energy as compared to just thinking it, and and so that's um, and and it's especially uh, really uh, has a high energy if everyone says the same thing together or more or less at the same time. So. So we're talking about great energy mm-hmm. being uh, being produced uh, by the verbal word, and people, I should say scientists, have mm-hmm. not rediscovered that yet. Would this also be the same principle behind praying, prayer? You know, a group of people getting together, reciting a prayer, for example. You go yes. to the, I go to the Anglican Church, and every Sunday we say the Lord's Prayer out loud. Would this be yes. the same principle as we're talking about? Yes. Um, and the difference is a lot of churches mm-hmm. do not, uh, you know, they'll have someone saying the prayer and everyone else just bows their head right. and thinks it. But if everyone says the same prayer as as does your church, mm-hmm. where everyone is saying the same thing, then you create great energy when you do that. You know, I, re- I remember as a child in elementary school, we would all stand up and uh, say uh, say the Lord's Prayer out loud, and then we would all sing, O Canada. And I'm just wondering if that is part of the reason why our school system is so screwed up these days is because <laughs> of the lack of the of the, the, the saying the prayer out loud, or as you and I were discussing a little uh, earlier, uh, would this be equal to the... Your intention? My intention. Yeah, for example, um, if you're saying, if you're saying, uh, we were saying that it's not the same as the secret, but you say it out loud. So would this be a mantra that you're saying out loud, or would this just be a verbal request? It's a verbal request, mm-hmm. okay? And, and and you say, uh, let's just say you're wanting to do it for a group of people. Okay. You say, I ask any and all beings to aid, comfort, and assist such and such a person mm-hmm. who is uh, uh, ill and uh, uh, to bring them back to full health as soon as as benevolently possible. Something on that order. I, you can change this up to okay. fit the circumstances. But when you do that, it's, it's this sound coming out of your body and and that's that's what's the the major energy factor because of the vibration. Yes, I think so. Um, I've been told that it it even it has connections with the the blocks of the uh, of the pyramids being used. Mm. That they used 
a chant that was at a certain level that lifted the blocks of stone and could it could be moved. Fascinating. Tom, you and I have to take our first break. Please stand by. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us tonight. It is appreciated, my friend. Exonation. Our guest this hour is Tom T. Moore. His website is thegentlewaybook.com. And Tom and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, And for the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for our channel on Simul TV, the Exxon TV channel, that is on 724-365, visit www.simultv.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Tom T. Moore and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your quarter pound i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas to learn more we spoke to dr brian strand from sonobello while some people can eat everything and stay thin Others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Exonation. Tom T. Moore is my special guest this hour. His website is thegentlewaybook.com. Tom, how did you get in, interested in, you know, the, the, the articles that you write about? For example, Atlantis, Lemuria, your, your contact book. Where, okay. where does the interest um, originate? Sure. I'll take Atlantis and Lemuria first. Sure. One day I was uh, talking to my guardian angel Theo uh, in, a, in one of my meditative sessions, and I asked him, have I ever had a, a life on, on Atlantis? And he said, oh, Tom, he said, uh, he said that's where the, uh, where the gentle way originated. You uh, had one million followers uh, uh, requesting benevolent outcomes, and then as, and this was 12,700 years ago, and 
as things got worse between mm-hmm. between the people of Poseidia, who were the law of one, and the people of Aaron, the island of Aaron, and some five little small islands below that, um, they were getting into wars and things, and it, it was getting worse. Mm-hmm. And I migrated from Poseidia uh, through Europe over to Egypt with 25,000 of my of my followers. So that that was my introduction to learning about Atlantis, and I just started asking more and more and more questions about their lives and and uh, just everything, and about the, the horrific war that wound up um, sinking all the islands mm-hmm. when they went to war with each other with uh, with laser weapons. So um, so that that was the start of that, and then as far as um, uh, as far as with Antura, I was talking to Theo one day, and we were talking about some ruins on another side of the world, and he said I was going to uh, see them one day, and and he said uh, he said you know an ET is listening into our conversation right now, and he, would you like to talk to him? And I said no, let me think of some questions. And so a couple of weeks later, I started talking to him, and I eventually found his na- found out his name, mm-hmm. found out his connection to me, and and just enormous information about uh, about the serious. Uh, ABC stars and all the planets that are there, and and even things about the uh, what they call diplomatically the Great War, uh, which I call the Reptilian or the Draco War, uh, which went on for thousands of of uh, uh, of universal years. Universal years are are uh, Earth years are ten times faster than a universal year. Tom, how is it that you are able to communicate with the angels, communicate with the ETs? And I don't know very many other people who can. No, there aren't. I'm, I'm told that I'm the only guy in the world that actually takes questions from people that send in questions to me mm-hmm. and ask. And I do this every week, and I've been doing it. All my, I, I put out a weekly newsletter. All my newsletters since 2007 are archived on my on my website. Right. So, and I have a search box so that people can uh, can check to see if I've asked a question before, or and and get more information about a particular subject. But why so, you? Why me? Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, that that's that's a little bit of a story. Um, I, I date back to Nomo too. Okay, I, I was a little this little amphibian uh, spiritual leader way back <laughs> in over thousands of lives, and um, and then we started having this major war uh, that was terrible. It was a horrible war uh, with the uh, reptilians mm-hmm. uh, who wanted to take over planets in this part of, of the of the galaxy. And um, uh, so I, uh, you know, they they were going on. It wasn't going very well for all these planets. Mm-hmm. And this little amphibian said, well, why don't you invite them to take part in the Earth experiment? And they said, oh, that, they, they, that would never work. And so another 450 universal years goes by. 
billions of uh, beings being killed. And finally, they, out of desperation, they, they suggested it, and the reptilians took them up on it. So that, you know, I sort of uh, uh, paved the way for, for me. My, my sole interest are religions. I've been around for every single religion, the start of every religion in the world, with the exception of two, and those are in the future for me, Scientology and Rastafarian. Okay, so let me let me see if I've got this straight. You, okay, you're in contact with an ET by the name of Antura. Am I right? Hmm. Your right. guardian angel is Theo. Yep. And then there's Ga- uh, Gaia, the soul of the Gaia. Earth and quantum master. Yes. Wow, you've got all your bases and, covered. Well, no, I mean I've I've had conversations with the sun. With the moon. Okay, uh, hold on here, hold on here, hold on. How do you communicate okay. with the sun? Hmm? How do you how, how do you communicate with the sun? The sun is a planet, a, a an exploding ball mass of energy. <laughs> well, but keep in mind, every single planet and every single sun mm-hmm. in the universe is in sold. Now, our sun is like is like a physics master. When I talk to him, it's like he has to dumb down all his answers to me because I don't have any scientific background. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he he really dumbs down, uh, but but he he said he'll be happy to talk to anyone that wants to talk to him, if if you do, and uh, and but it, I I suggest he's he's a good guy to speak to about very scientific subjects what is the moon like to talk to oh you know she's just uh she goes by luna Mm -hmm. okay and uh that's that's how she uh she she goes and and uh uh that's you know i I, i've just asked her questions just like Mm -hmm. i do anyone else what kind of character would you say she has? You you said that the the son has a has a character of a physics master. How would you uh-huh. describe the character of Luna? I haven't talked to her enough to mm. really feel like I'm I've got a real handle on oh, okay. exactly uh, everything about her. It's just that she seems very you know very nice and mm-hmm. and uh, is waiting for more of us to come and and check out the, the moon. How about Mars? Have had a little conversation. She's really says she's going to treat us like uh, like a uh, a guest in her house. She's going to treat us like a guest in her house. Are is she talking about space yeah. explorers? Uh well, yeah, she's waiting for for the Mars explorers to uh, to come, mm-hmm. uh, and she's just uh, biding, you know, biding her time. After all, uh, you know, she's not supposed to have explorers until twenty or twenty-five years from now. So, can she tell you if there was life previous on Mars, and if so, what happened, or have you had that conversation? Uh, just a little, yeah. Um, I'd have to say 
uh, we've had a little bit of mm-hmm. that conversation, but I, I just we I haven't had enough people ask questions about Mars yet. Yes, some, but not to the extent that uh, um, you know that I probably need to. You yeah. can you can uh, actually uh, use that search mm-hmm. mode that I have on my articles and news page and put in Mars and it'll give you all the times that I've, that I've asked questions about Mars for. Obviously, based on what you and I have discussed so far, creation as we are led to believe as it happened seems to be all wrong. Mm. <laughs> and from what standpoint? Well, for example, um, you say that the planets, including the sun, have souls. You're able to communicate yeah. with them. And yeah. nowhere can I remember, whether it was college or any of the university courses I took, or even high school science or theology, have mm-hmm. we ever been told or even suggested that you can communicate with the sun? The moon. Well, and we have we haven't mm. gotten into communicating with uh, dog soul that ensouls all the dogs on Earth. Yeah. Or cat soul. No, no, uh, but that, but I just I would just like to you know like yeah. I've got to take my break now for the news at the bottom of the hour. Okay. But when we come sure. back, I'd like to get your take based on the communications that you have had with Theo, with Antura, as well as Gaia, on how creation was actually accomplished. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with my guest this hour, Tom T. Moore, and his website is www.thegentlewaybook.com. This is the Exona People, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Simul Radio and Simul TV. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Exonation, my guest this hour is Tom T. Moore. His website is thegentlewaybook.com. Tom, in the first uh, part of the, this hour, we were talking about your communication that you've had with Gaia, with uh, Theo, and uh, an alien or an extraterrestrial uh, by the name of Antura. How do they, do they all agree on the way that that creation happened? And if so, could you share that with us? Yes, they do. Now, well, let's start at the first. Okay. Um, there was originally, or there is still now, a creator of creators. I call her Big Mama. You she call... has created billions of creators. Okay? There are billions of universes. Mm-hmm. Our, our, the creator of our universe said, uh, t- told me that, and I 
spoken with Creator too. Um, tell me that uh, uh, Creator was sort of in the middle back, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Theo has told me that the Creator of this universe would be ranked as one of the top five Creators of all the billions of other Creators. And so our cre- Creator uh, decided to try an experiment uh, because, and this is something that's fairly new information even for me, like in the last year or so, there are 10, neg- uh, 10 positive energies that all of our universe and all of the other billions of, the, of, of the, other, if I can say that, other universes um, uh, operate on. Okay. Uh, there are four negative energies, and and uh, uh, I'm told that our scientists, since they're not even looking for this, this will be several hundred years before they discover this. But eventually, uh, they will discover that there are four negative energies, and the creator of our universe wanted to see if if these four negative energies could be worked with. So. Hence mm-hmm. was born the Earth experiment. And so we're in a special space-time continuum that operates within and uh, with all these four negative energies. And I've had people ask questions, well, could it be a negative energy? Could be this or could be mm-hmm. that? And, and so far, no one has even gotten close, and, and I'm told we probably never will. Now... What's interesting, and I think this is in my newsletter that I just sent out today. Um, I was someone was asking about about the uh, the positive energies if we could see them physically, and I was uh, uh, and they asked, well, such as the black hole, and I was told that a black hole is is part of those ten positive energies. So, in other words, it's part of that framework, and uh, <laughs> that's as far as we've got. You can see it's, it's, it's rather hard. complicated. It's difficult for me. Okay. So who is the creator? What is our purpose here on this planet? If they have all okay. the answers, what do they need us for? Okay. Um, the creator asks for souls to volunteer uh, for, the, uh, for the Earth experiment. Mm-hmm. Now, what were we promised? Number yeah. one, it would fast-track what's called raising our vibrational levels, or what some people call ascension. Okay. Okay? And uh, it would fast-track, so we would raise our vibrational levels much faster than, say, our guardian angels, who are also called golden light beings and like to be known as servants of the Creator. Okay. Uh, okay. They're golden light beings because over a hugely long time, they raise their vibrational levels to the point where they glow a golden light. And that's why they're called golden light beings. And so we're going to raise our vibrational levels much faster than they were able to. Number two is that eventually, several million years from now, I have no idea how long, our souls are uh, from having taken part in this in this Earth experiment, mm-hmm. plus having millions of lives on all the other planets in in this universe, will meld together and become a creator, which has never been done before 
in any of the billions of other uh, creations, and we will take over running this universe for the Creator, and our Creator will go to some higher level that even it doesn't know what's there. So that's that's how it's been explained to me in as easy uh, uh, terms as possible. Where do the angels come from? Okay, they were all volunteers. So as an example, the guardian angels, mm-hmm. the Creator put out a call for golden light beings only to watch over us since we were going to be veiled from uh, from knowing about our true existence. And the reason we had to be veiled is that we have to learn how to make all these billions and billions and trillions of decisions uh, that only could be done if we didn't know that we'd had the same problem before. Okay, so but the, you words, see, we would okay. be able to come up with a new... Go ahead. But why do we need to do this if the Creator already knows the answer? It makes no sense. Are okay. we, you know are are we being it's used are, are we being used as are we being used as as puppets are we their entertainment? No, uh, we're we're part of of volunteering for experiment to see if if somebody could work with these four negative energies. So that's our reward oh. for taking part in the experiment. Okay, and how long has this experiment been going on? Uh, well, uh, of course, you know, in my uh, Atlantis and Lemuria mm-hmm. book, uh, Lemuria book, it dates back like 10, 10 million years. But the nice thing about it is there's only 7,000 year, more years ago before the end of the Earth experiment. And, I, and in my newsletter today, I was just mm-hmm. told that I'm going to be uh, around for the very, very end of of the Earth experiment, and I'll be one of, uh, in fact, I'll lead the uncreation of any buildings or housing or whatever we're using at that time period. Um, and we'll all leave the planet pristine. It will, it will become a vacation spot for all the rest of the universe for the uh, to come and see okay. where it all started, because we're going to take negative energy. Mm-hmm. See, that's the other number of th- three I should have mentioned. We're going to take this ne- uh, small parts of this negative energy, and we're going to take it to other planets because they've been sitting, stalled in raising their vibrational levels, and it will allow them to start growing again. So it, there's a purpose to all this. Now, the ET that is circling the Earth in his ship that is, uh, what is it, three miles long and 30 stories high? Yeah, three miles wide. Oh, yeah. okay. What is his his job in all of this? Like you've got the angels doing this, you've got the sun, the moon, Mars all communicating. We've been doing this, been part of this experiment for longer than science acknowledges our existence. Um, mm-hmm. So... What does the ET have to do with it and the 1,500 people that are aboard his craft? Okay. Uh, first of all, he's part of a first contact team. That's okay. what it's called. Okay. His specialty is grassroots contacts. And um, uh, after, uh, after he's had 800 lives on Earth so far, mm-hmm. mostly as an explorer or um, and and 
setting up towns from the very start. In other words, laying out the streets and everything. That's his sole interest. Do, so does as he an do, example? Uh, does he have a Does he have an earthen name? Does he have a what? Earth name. If this guy has been setting well, up I mean, towns, yeah, this I mean, and then the other thing, you know. He's had eight hundred. He's had eight hundred earth names. Do we know or, any of them? He was he, he was the uncle of uh, Marco Polo, and he traveled the Silk Road before Marco Polo ever started writing about it. Number two, I do know mm-hmm. his. He was Sajigawea, if I can pronounce that name halfway correctly, uh, who uh, helped Lewis and Clark on their expedition. So those were two of the lives that he had. Okay, so why haven't they made contact yet? If they're there, why not make contact mm-hmm. and and help us along on our journey? Or is this part of the the experiment that he's monitoring, and if he's monitoring the experiment, who does he report to? Okay, first of all, they made an agreement with with the governments of the world um, that they that they would not interfere. Okay, um, and yeah. in fact, there okay. is what's called the Earth Directive, and that came about back in the Atlantean and Lemurian times when they when they thought they were helping us, mm-hmm. gave the Atlanteans crystal power, which they turned into lasers and war, and the Lemurians uh, took their free energy mm-hmm. and turned it into hydrogen-type bombs that blew apart their, their continent. So they have this Earth directive that they're not supposed to mess with us at all. All right, Tom, I've got to take my final break. Please stand by. Explanation, sure. Tom T. Moore is our special guest, www.thegentlewaybook.com. And we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with Tom. And uh, interesting, you know, there's a few questions that I have jotted down during this past 45 minutes, and hopefully we'll be able to get through them all. Once again, if you'd like to find out more about Tom, visit his website, thegentlewaybook.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. Tom T. Moore is my guest this hour. His website is thegentlewaybook.com. One of the questions I have for you, Tom, is where is Atlantis, and how can we really prove that it's there? Atlantis no longer exists. First of all, 31,000 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, the continent, which was located in between North America and, and Europe and Africa, uh, size of a size of a uh, of Cuba, uh, but in a uh, well, I'm sorry, uh, wrong. Uh, it was 10 percent larger than Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, it had a line of volcanoes bisecting the whole continent. They all blew up at one time, and most of the continent disappeared underneath the ocean. 
I see. Leaving the ocean completely unnavigable for quite a, quite a long time. Then, uh, 12,500 years ago, that's when Poseidia and Aaron uh, sank themselves in, in that horrific war where lasers would melt the, the ground right underneath the people. And uh, so all the islands uh, sank, mm-hmm. and the, the seas of the world rose 41 feet at that time, and that's when, when Noah and his boat floated away. Um, then Lemuria, 7,500 years ago, uh, it was uh, uh, about 10% larger than, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, than Australia, and, uh, and mm. they blew themselves up. But I, but I thought you just said that it was Atlantis that was 10% larger than Australia. Well, okay, there's, there's two continents. Right. Atlantis was 10% and Lemuria was 12% or vice versa. Okay. I'm sorry, I'd have to, to look that up again. But uh, go with 10% on both of them and it'll be close enough. But is there any archaeological proof of either one of these two continents being in existence. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the islands are still left over, like the Canaries and uh, and a couple of islands off the coast of Newfoundland and uh, uh, places like that. So they're, they're uh, Bermuda. But you, because this was so many thousands of years ago, there's been a buildup. And I'm told that, yes, you can find ruins, but you're going to have to dig really okay. deep. All, all, all right. So if we look at the, the space between Bermuda and Newfoundland, which is on Canada's east coast, we're talking about yes. something a lot larger than just 10% of Australia. I, <laughs> I don't think so. No? I, okay. I've got maps on it, but right. okay. Uh, you know, that's... Uh, it, it doesn't go... All the way to Newfoundland. It, oh, that's a. Top of, is that uh, what you're saying? There's. Of, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, the top of Atlantis mm-hmm. uh, goes to a height of 47 degrees on the, the latitude, but it doesn't go all the way over to Newfoundland, Newfoundland. But there's some islands off the coast, and, and maybe it's North America somewhere. Uh, and I'm sorry, I don't know my geography okay. that closely. That's no problem. When we get when we get around there. But, uh, but there, is a, uh, uh, there are one or two islands that are left over. Um, when you were talking to me about leading a group of 25,000 out of Egypt, am I correct that, they, that you were the leader? Yeah. It kind of sounds like the story of biblical times of Moses. <laughs> oh, I've never thought of it that way, but... Um, uh, but Moses did exist, uh, as I told you. I was—I've uh, been around for all the the start of the religions, mm-hmm. and I was one of Moses' son. So I mean, that did happen. Um, no, no, disre- I, no disrespect yeah. here, Tom. But how do we know yep. that what you're telling us is true? That this doesn't just isn't a made-up story. That you, as an author, you as somebody being in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. didn't make up. Well, I wish I was that smart, okay? I wish I was that creative. But how do we know you didn't? Okay. Um, By 
I have archived all of my my newsletters mm-hmm. on my website. Yeah. And and you can go through them and and you know, I'm I'm in the eighty to ninety percent uh uh accuracy percentile. Okay. I am not perfect. So that means twenty to thir- uh, to ten percent of the time I could be wrong on something. But I put it out there. I don't try and mm-hmm. hide it and say, "Oh, I, I never said that." It's it's in my it's in my newsletters. Yeah, you can read them. Uh, today's newsletter was twelve pages long. Uh, Every single week. I, I'm not 10, I'm not disputing the fact long. I'm not disputing the oh, fact, I, Tom, that that okay. this information is on your website and that you didn't write it down. Yeah. But I'm I'm saying, well, how can how do I nope. how can I know it's true and just not a masterful art of fiction? Sure. You know, I've been told that the way you're supposed to look mm-hmm. at anybody's messages yeah. is, does it give you heartburn mm-hmm. or does it resonate with you? Mm-hmm. And if my messages do not resonate with the person, right. then go on and, and maybe someone else's messages will. So it, it's really up to the individual. I'm not, uh, I'm putting the stuff out. I'm saying, this is what I received. And and I'm not saying, oh, you've got to believe me. I'm saying, if you want to believe it, fine. If you don't, fine. But you're putting right. your, you're, but, you're but putting yourself, you're putting yourself in the very key parts of of history. You know, Moses is what were you, nephew? No, uh, son. Oh no, Moses' son. And and okay, then and, G- and uh, let's go on. And for Jesus, mm-hmm. I was. Um, uh, I was uh, Salome, or however she pronounced her name, the uh, the mother of uh, James and John, and one of his one of his female uh, disciples. So uh, for Muhammad, I was a friend. For um, oh gosh, uh, uh, Krishna, I uh, Krishna, the Hindu people yeah. don't know, but he uh, incarnated seventy seven times in a row as Krishna, and I would come along. And ever so few lives or so, I would drop in, and both of us were in the Mabharata, I can't pronounce that, war together uh, that was actually fought with a nuclear weapon. Once again, how can you prove that what you're saying is true, besides the fact that if it doesn't resonate with us or if it doesn't give us heartburn, what's the proof? Well, I hope the the proof is coming because one of the things that that Theo, pardon me, that Antero told me uh, just before I closed off my first contact book mm-hmm. was that uh, my family and I are going to shoot the first documentary on board his mothership, and one of the things that we're going to look at mm-hmm. is all the the footage they have of uh, of our past history. So hopefully that'll come along. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't. I'm, I'm content with, with having brought people back to the gentle way that works in their lives, and it makes their lives less stressful and more successful. But how does that, it make how does how that's does fine how, for me. how does it make your life more stress-free and more enjoyable? Because you request when you request benevolent outcomes for mm-hmm. some, for something. Let's just say, I, at one time I was sued for a million dollars. I requested a benevolent outcome. Eventually, uh, in mediation, uh, I, di- I didn't have to pay anything. Okay, 
that makes that made my life a whole lot stressful. Could that I guarantee you. could that just have been coincidence? Could have been, but but I was told by the attorney before we get went into the mediation with mm-hmm. uh, with two uh, with a network and a uh, another distributor with uh, with these producers that were suing us that uh, that I was going to wind up paying something, and I didn't. And this is your proof of the legitimacy of the claims that you're making and, and the evidence? Oh, I'm just saying that's just one of the examples I see. of how you can make your life uh, easier. I have a lady up in, uh, up in Canada mm-hmm. that, uh, that they were going to lose their, their family vacation house, and uh, she requested a, a benevolent outcome uh, to win the lottery. She won $1 million Canadian dollars. And was well, able to yeah. save her, her vacation. Well, you know the old so, saying, you can't win the lottery unless you've got a ticket. Tom, thanks very true. much for joining us. Uh, it's been a rather interesting hour. I didn't know we had such famous people listening to our show and wanting to be on here. The son of Moses. Wow. A guy who communicates with an extraterrestrial that orbits the Earth in a UFO that is three miles wide and 30 stories high. My God! He talks to angels. His angel is Theo. He talks to the planets. My God, where do these people come from? (sighs) You'll be the judge. Send me an email, xonerxonradiotv.com. That's my email address. But in the words of good old Penn and Teller, in my opinion as well, this was 100% bullshit. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Man alive. Where do they get these stories from? He's got a good imagination. Doesn't know his geography. Made a few mistakes on his math as well. But hey, what the heck? He is the son of Moses. We'll be back. Don't go away. (laughs) 